Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, Jay-Z, John Coleman. Dio, what's poppin'? Hey, I am ready ready to to, rumble. I can see that. I'm ready to go. I know, you are. Yes. Just got off a coaching call with uh, one of our newer loan originators up in the Fort Walton Beach uh, office. If you all don't know, Fort Walton Beach is also known as the Redneck Riviera. There you go. Or Lower Alabama. It's the panhandle of Florida. Some of the most beautiful beaches in the country reside between Pensacola and Panama City. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was on a call with one of our um, newer associates. Nice. She's newer in her career. She's newer here at, uh, at Waterstone Mortgage. And uh, we are talking about loan estimates. Really? Yes. Okay. It's something that I get into early on when I'm coaching someone newer in the business because I try to tell them where they need to be. Okay. Okay. And today's episode, just going to jump right into jump it. Jump into it. Loan estimates, itemization fee worksheets. Okay. When do you send them? When do you not send them? If you're a part of the mortgage coach community, you already know about total cost analysis worksheets. Yep. If you're hearing about total cost analysis worksheets for the first time, look into what Dave Savage and his crew over at Mortgage Coach are doing because they are separating themselves from the competition. They're not using loan estimates or itemization fee worksheets. They're talking all about TCAs. What are those? Exactly. What are those? That's not for this okay, particular perfect. episode. Okay. Maybe one day I'll have an opportunity to meet up with Dave, okay. have Dave on the show. There you go. Throw it out there. It may happen. And Dave can talk more about his product and what a TCA is. Perfect. In the interim, it's just my job to expose people to different thoughts and ideas that maybe on their own they wouldn't have found. Nice. You know something else that you might not find on your own? What is that? Everywhere where you can find the Loan Officer Podcast. There you go. Right. People may not know this, but we have an entire YouTube channel Mm -hmm. dedicated to these episodes. So if you're listening on Spotify or you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or really anywhere where you can find your favorite podcast, Mm -hmm. i.e. this one, you can also watch us on YouTube. And we're going to ask you to subscribe. And when you're looking at the episodes, you can comment. And I promise you that this dude right here, John Coleman, he monitors those comments. He does his best to reply. If he doesn't know the answer or he thinks the answer needs a more surgical approach i'm gonna ask you he walks right into my office where he shoots me an email and says hey dio can you answer this for one of our listeners yes viewers yes and i say yes there you go yep so if you are watching us you are one of the four to five thousand people who tend to find us on youtube but you want to find us elsewhere we are on so every good. place that you can find podcast mention spotify mention apple podcast mention google play and then we're on the social media too yep. we have a linkedin account yep. at the loan officer podcast mm-hmm. we have facebook we have tiktok we have instagram at the loan officer podcast if you ever want to reach out to me directly i am dustin owen on linkedin and he is john coleman or just john on google there you go Whew. done done let's go into it you got out of got the way paper. oh and oh eventually one day oh we're gonna have a boatload of content yes. that's going to be housed on TLOP online, also on thelonelosserpodcast.com. There you go. TLOPonline.com or thelonelosserpodcast.com. Doesn't matter. It'll take you to the same place. Right now, John Coleman is up to his eyeballs with content, and he's trying to find a way to get it onto the website without crashing the server. Word. That's what you and Dennis have been doing for the past Four months, That's John. If you want to do it right, you got to. You it's, know. We've been teasing this for four months. If you would have told me it's going to be four months, I wouldn't start teasing it I, back I, in actually, like. Actually, I think I did. We had a, a, a lunch and I actually showed you the phase. And we're in phase three now. 
And How many phases said, is this? Ten? No, phase three is like we're approaching the finish line. Okay. Can we have it done before we head um, out to San Diego for the Mortgage Bankers Association You know conference? what? That, when is that? In October. When in October? You and I are going to be in San Diego for the NBA National Convention. Yeah. I believe we fly out on October 13th if that's a okay. Sunday. October, March, uh, September. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel good about that. So I'm not going to have it done by Labor Day. I don't know when Labor Day is. Uh, it's like in two weeks. Nah, chill, bro. I'll be in the Bahamas. Okay. So before... I don't like to commit time. Before the end of the year, absolutely. John. Of course. I'm tired of getting messages from people saying, D.O., when's the website going to be up? Got to entice them. Just like the, no, the, I'm done. I'm not that guy. Just like the Yeezy album. It was supposed to drop, but then he didn't. And now it's just building more and more anticipation. Do you know marketing? Of course you do. No, I you know I didn't work 13 years at EA Sports. I don't have any. It's about the bait and I, switch, man. Hype it up. No, hype it up. I don't. Look, look, look. You used use words Sneakers. that the bait and switch. Yeah. Honestly, will you'll get my skin crawling talking about that, <laughs> especially for people who work in the financial industry like we do. Oh right. right yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's yeah. a terrible. Yeah, no, I'm no. not in the market. Yeah, not. No, that. this this is not used car sales. Okay. No, All right. Let's let's hop off that topic okay, so we can hop right. off on this. Yes. Because I was talking to you about how I was on the phone call mm -hmm. with Lauren, mm -hmm. and she's launching her mortgage career. And something I challenge every new loan originator is you should be able to go to the bar, yep. have a couple drinks, whether it's a couple beers, a couple glasses of wine, a couple Negronis, yep. or a couple of old fashions. Yep. Or right now I'm kind of into Hendrix martinis. And you should be able to have a conversation with a prospective homeowner mm -hmm. and run payments in your head and be able to do an itemization fee worksheet or a loan estimate or back in the day they were called GFEs, good faith estimates, on a bar napkin. There you go. If you can't do that, then that is your challenge. You need to understand the costs that are associated with purchasing and financing a home so well that you can set a bar, have a couple drinks, alcoholic beverages, cocktails, beers, wine, what, whatever suits you, and give an accurate estimate using a pen borrowed from the bartender on one or two bar napkins. There you go. And if you can't do that, then that's your challenge. And we're going to use today's episode to talk to you about how you could better understand an itemization fee worksheet understand the loan estimate because in our industry you've just learned this recently we use both yeah we use an itemization fee worksheet and we use a loan estimate some people choose to use neither and the reason why is that back in the day you have to know the history of it back in the day we had what was called a good faith estimate and that good faith estimate for the most part was pretty easy to read however that good faith estimate would allow for the bait and switch, John. Mm. You mentioned bait and switch, yeah. talking about Yeezys and album drops and and, and sneaker uh, sales, <laughs> but like that was a terrible thing of the mortgage industry back in two thousand five, six, and seven. Was the ability for a lender, whether they did it ignorantly, mm -hmm. just because they were uneducated and and inexperienced, or they did it maliciously, mm -hmm. where they did it on purpose, they would leave things off of an estimate to make the consumer appear that they were achieving a certain goal or a certain deal yeah. and then they get to the closing table and be something way different they can do that look, now looking at that document no this document that's on the table is a loan uh, estimate okay this loan estimate when i was trained in the mortgage business 16 years ago we didn't have this document really this document just came around okay 
in the past five, six years. Yeah, it was a part of the Dodd-Frank Act. The Dodd-Frank Act created the CFPB. The CFPB then began regulating the industry in a manner that it needed to and like anything in a manner that it didn't need to. And it started creating new documents and new processes. And like anything that's new, they took a lot of the good and screwed it up, Mm -hmm. but they also fixed the bad. So it used to be that there, I could give you, John Coleman, a good faith estimate. Mm-hmm. And I, if I left things off and you showed up to closing and those costs were there, tough shit, John. You're paying it or you're not getting your house. No way. That's it. Yeah, it doesn't work that way anymore. Now there's certain fees that if I if I underestimate it by a dollar, I have to eat that dollar as the lender. Hmm. There are certain things that if if I underestimate it, but I only underestimate it within 10%. Then it's okay. You can pay ten percent more than what I estimated, and there's certain things that I can totally blow through the estimate, mm-hmm. and you understand that I didn't have any control over that cost. Therefore, anything I gave you was just my accurate understanding of what my best guess was that that cost would be. That old GFE form was it like regulated? Did anybody look at it? Like checks and balances? Did it go into the ether when you submitted it, or was it just like a form that the industry used? I mean, yeah, it's a form the industry used, and the client would sign, and the client would definitely hold me and my peers accountable mm-hmm. when they got to the closing table and they they received their HUD one settlement statement. Now they receive a CD, a closing disclosure. Mm-hmm. But when they received their HUD one settlement statement, a good, experienced professional would look at the GFE with the HUD-1 settlement statement and they would see how accurately they estimated. Gotcha. Today's day and age, those two forms are, are for the most part non-existent. Now we still use a form that looks like the GFE and we call it the itemization fee worksheet. Mm-hmm. Because in my opinion, that itemization fee worksheet is way easier to follow when it comes to understanding debits and credits than this LE that's sitting on top of the desk. LE stands for loan estimate. Okay. And I still do believe that a HUD-1 settlement statement is way easier to read than a closing disclosure. But there's certain things on these new documents that I love, certain things that I don't, which is why I, as a professional, have utilized both the itemization fee worksheet as well as the LE, and I've learned my best way to describe them to the consumer. Right, so this this episode, if you've made it this far, Mm -hmm. It's not just for loan officers, right? This is for people who sell real estate for a living and people who want to purchase real estate, right? So if you ever think about becoming a homeowner, this episode's for you. Mm -hmm. If you want to finance homes for a living, this episode is for you. If you want to sell homes for a living, this episode is for you. What I find is of the 151 previous shows that we have done, Mm -hmm. that's our audience. It's anybody who sells real estate for a living, finances real estate for a living, or wants to, or currently owns a house. Absolutely. 75 to 80% of the American populace this content's for you. There you go. This is episode 152. That means there's 151 other episodes that you could go and enjoy at your leisure. There you go. But this one, we're going to talk about loan estimates. Let's do it. Good faith estimates. Itemization fee worksheets. The first thing I want anyone to understand about them, you ask your lender to provide it to you. The regulators hold your lender accountable to understand the cost. Yet, as the lender we control roughly 20% of every cost that you're going to incur as someone purchasing a home or financing a home. Hmm. How crazy is that? Now, look, this is going to vary geographically because like I live in the state of Florida, right? The state of Florida is the third most populous state in the union. 
And even in the state of Florida, we do things differently in South Florida than we do in the panhandle than we do in Central Florida, right? right? There's just different customs. So I also know that the state of Wisconsin does things different than the state of Arizona, who may do things different than the state of California, which is different than California, or different than Florida. Yeah. We're all the same, but we're all a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So there's some, some things I'm going to talk about that that you're still going to want to sit down and and make specific to your geographic region. Okay. Okay. But I think it's baffling that we as a lender are responsible. Like we know for fact, 20% of the cost. Okay. Everything else is our best guesstimate based on our professional experiences. So why are you guys on the hook for the it's always been that way. The way it is. It's always been that way. But like here in Central Florida, as the home buyer, we don't pick the title company. The seller does. Right? So if the home buyer doesn't know who the title company is, nor the lender does, and you're just getting pre-approved, how am I supposed to give you an accurate estimate, John, when we don't know who the title company is? Mm-hmm. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we don't know. Or especially here in Florida, I don't know the age of the home that you're going to make an offer on. Does that matter? Well, I have to estimate your cost for homeowner's insurance. That's going to be a part of your payment as, as well as part of your closing cost. Right. But if you're buying a home that the roof is 15 years old versus five years old, if you're buying a home that has polybutylene plumbing versus non-polybutylene plumbing, if you're buying a home that, that's in a certain neighborhood and not, not a, a, another neighborhood, mm-hmm. could impact your homeowner's insurance by $1,000 a year, what? which is going to impact your payment by roughly $800 or $83 a month. Mm-hmm. And your closing costs by a thousand dollars. I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, there's so many things that we as a lender just don't know. Like, we don't know necessarily because we haven't seen the contract whether or not the neighborhood that you're going to end up making an offer in mm-hmm. and getting your offer accepted has a homeowners association. If they do have a homeowners association, we don't know if they charge some kind of an upfront fee. Most homes that are in a homeowners association is because they're in a planned unit development. Uh, a lot of plan unit developments have uh, gated communities. Mm-hmm. Is a you know they have uh, shared amenities like a, a community pool, clubhouse, yeah. golf course, etc. Mm-hmm. But like I know when I bought in my plan unit development, it was a five hundred dollar welcome to the neighborhood fee to the HOA. What? Yeah, they call it capital contribution to the HOA. Mm-hmm. But like as your lender, am I supposed to know that before you're under contract? Right. Am I supposed to know what your insurance is supposed to be? Like no, there's certain things that you just can't hold me accountable to when I haven't seen a contract yet. And so many of our clients, they need and want to know, or so many homeowners need and want to know, what are my total costs going to be, John? Hey, how much is my estimated monthly payment and how much is my total cash out of pocket? Those are two very important things that everyone should know upfront before they go making offers. Mm. But if you're a customer and you're asking for a loan estimate that early in the process, why? Why? That's going to do you no good. When your lender only controls 20% of those charges, right. your lender only knows for a fact 20% of those charges, sometimes less, sometimes more, 20% give or take. Mm-hmm. And there's so many unknowns. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe your lender can shoot you a quick email, and that email can give you a you know, a rough estimate. Hey, you're buying a home for $300,000. We anticipate your closing costs being roughly $5,000. We anticipate your prepaid being roughly $3,000. So with your down payment of $15,000 plus another eight mm-hmm. grand in closing costs and prepays, you should anticipate 23 grand out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. If you need them to get more granular than that, I'm sure they could possibly send you over an itemization fee worksheet. I'm just going to ask you why. 
Like, why are you looking for something that granular when they don't know so much? Is that like when consumers are worried about the best rate rather than, is it just like a thing? It's ignorance. It is pure ignorance. Like at the end of the day, if you're a consumer, here's what you should care about first and foremost. Am I getting the best service, right? Am I working with a lender who is going to tailor make financing to match my financial needs, wants, and goals? Are they going to do what they say they're going to do? Are they going to deliver that on time? Are they trustworthy? Are they professional? Right? When I pick up the phone, are they going to answer? Or if I leave a voicemail, are they going to call me back? Mm-hmm. Right? If they say I'm pre-approved, is that an ironclad pre-approval? Or is that a throw crap against the wall to see what sticks pre-approval? Right. Because there's some, that's how they do their pre-approvals, throw crap against the wall. There's others that are like, look, if I say it's good, it's good. It might as well be cash. That's how good I am at my job. Right. And by the way, not only am I going to get you qualified for a loan, but I'm going to ask you the right questions and get you qualified for the best loan for you that matches your financial needs, wants, and goals. Solid. Right? Because maybe I'm going to take into account things like saving for retirement, things like paying off uh, consumer debt, things like saving for your child's education right. into figuring out what is the best loan for you. Right. And we're also going to take into consideration how long you're going to have this mortgage before you either pay it off or sell the home. Okay. Right? Like those are things that, that, that we as lenders are looking to do. So if you're a consumer, you should be most concerned about that. Then if you have multiple people who are that good, mm-hmm. hey, kudos to you, mm-hmm. right? You're mm-hmm. kicking ass. But now it's going to be, okay, well, now it's going to matter rates and fees. But the only rate and fee you're worried about is what are the lender fees and what is the interest rate that's being quoted? At the end of the day, whatever the title company charges, the title company charges. Whatever your state charges or your county charges in terms of taxes, they're going to charge. Whatever you get for insurance, you're going to get. If your realtor has a transaction fee, you're going to pay that fee regardless of who does your mortgage. right? Those are all third-party charges. That's that 80% that I was alluding to when I said lenders are responsible for giving you an right. estimate of your cost. However, we're only res- we, we only know for a fact 20%. That's crazy. It's because you guys are like, everybody looks at you as like the finance people. So like you're funding it. So therefore you should be the gatekeepers of all things, money and charges and stuff. Sure. Or maybe because that's the way we've always done it. Hmm. You know, that's just the way we've always done it. At what point in the process? And our lizard brains won't let us change. (laughs) At what point in the process would someone ask for a loan estimate? Is it like after I filled in my application and I found a house or? Okay. So good question. You're talking about a real loan estimate, an Ellie, like the one that's sitting on the desk right right here. This is a three, sometimes four page document Mm -hmm. that has some really good stuff and then some stuff that's all wonky. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking for a loan estimate until I am ready to pull the trigger on my transaction. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. So I'm, I as a consumer looking for a loan estimate, if it's a refinance, when I say, John, lock me in and Mm -hmm. send me a loan estimate, that's when I want it. Mm -hmm. If I'm buying a home, it's like, all right, John, I, this is, this is the home. This is the address. This is the closing date. I'm on the phone with you. We're negotiating my interest rate lock strategy. Do I want to pay points? Do I not want to pay points? Do I want a lender credit? Do I not want a lender credit? Like that's the, you should have had a three options that you and your lender walk through what's best for you. Then I'm saying, great, lock me in and send me a loan estimate. Mm. Because I understand as a super savvy consumer, the loan estimate has some great things about it, but it also has some, some wonky things about it. Mm-hmm. I know that trying to figure out the cost on a loan estimate and following the numbers in many states and many geographic regions, clear as mud, <laughs> clear as mud. Like I'll use Central Florida as an example. I'm sure our listeners will tune in and chime in 
about their geographic regions. Mm -hmm. But like here in Central Florida, it's common and customary for the seller to not only pick the title company, but the seller also pays for the owner's title insurance on uh, for well, owner's title insurance mm -hmm. and the Florida document stamps on the deed. You may be looking at me like a deer in the headlights, like, what does that mean? Right. The Florida document stamps in the deed is a state tax. It equals 70 basis points or 0.7% of the sales price. So on a $300,000 loan, 0.7% mm -hmm. of 300 is $2,100. Mm. Okay. Owner's title insurance is going to be roughly 0.6%. So if the seller is paying the owner's title insurance, 0.6% on 300000 is another $1,800. Oh. No. Did I, did I do that that math right? What's six times three? Eighteen. Yeah, eighteen hundred dollars. Okay. Well, most loan estimates that I see from lenders in Central Florida, they show the buyer paying the owner's title and the Florida document stamps on the deed. Okay. Well, those are two very expensive items, right? One's eighteen hundred and one's twenty one hundred, almost four thousand dollars. So if I'm on page one of the loan estimate and I slide down to where it says estimated closing cost, and it tells me. 12,500? Yo, I'm like, yo. Yes, WTF. What's that? And now and now I'm going to have some lender who I'm always afraid is going to bait and switch me because I'm thinking the things how they were 15 years ago and not how they are today. Say, oh, whoa, 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 John, wait a minute. You're technically not going to pay that because per your contract, the seller is going to pick up the owner's title and the doc stamps and the deed. Um, and oh, you're like, oh, well, oh. mind blown. Well, show me where where that says yeah. on the on the on on the yeah. on the LE. Is, yeah, what page let, is that? Let, on? let me go to page two. And you're like, oh well, mm. if you're on page two, it's kind of hard to find it. But like, if you go to box E under transfer taxes, there's some items in there. They're kind of all jumbled up as one number. Just know that part of that's going to be paid for by the seller. And I'm going to add a line to this. That's called standard cost paid by seller. Whoa, whoa, oh, come my, on, whoa, you, what? Yes, hey. what? WTF, <laughs> man, you got me confused. Yeah. Now, at the end of the day, you did make me happy that when I looked at the estimated cash to close on this, mm -hmm. that is what you and I have been talking about for the past two or three months. Okay. Right, but you just have to walk someone through it, and it's clear as mud because the loan estimate, at least here in Central Florida, the ones that I see and look at, mm -hmm. they jumble up. The Florida document stamps in the deed, which, by the way, per the contractor, paid for by the seller. Mm -hmm. They jumble up the Florida intangible tax and the Florida document stamps in the mortgage as one cost on page two of the LE. But the contract has said that of that $3,000 plus, $2,100 is going to be paid for by the seller. Mm -hmm. But there's no way for me to show that as an itemization mm -hmm. without having to start adding in a credit. It's just... It's wonky. So who's that? Who is that for then? Is it for the regulators? Is it for the? Well, the problem is, people keep on trying to make mortgages one size fits all, and they're not. Hmm. They're not one size fits all. Like literally, the way that things are done in Tallahassee are different than how they're done in Panama City, which is different than Pensacola, but they're all the eight five zero area code. Mm -hmm. Right. The way things are done in Jacksonville, Orlando, and Tampa are similar, but try to take that down to Naples or into Miami, doesn't work that way. Then if we get into Atlanta or New York City or California, they're different there too. But we all get the same form. What? We all have the same exact form. Hmm. So let me talk about this. And, and, and I, I kind of want to talk about, I guess, it all. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try not to jump around, but I think I am. Right. Here's what I love, love, love about the loan estimate. I've already told you that you get on page two, it's wonky as all get out, like clear <laughs> as mud. Yeah. Now, what I do love about page two, 
for any consumer who's listening, when you're trying to compare lenders, there's only one thing that matters. Box A. Period. End of story. Box A. Okay. Box A is the lender's cost. They're called origination charges on the closing cost details of the loan estimate, which is page two. Okay. Box A. That's the only thing your lender has control over. That and your interest rate and obviously their service levels, their professionalism, their reputation. That's it. Right? Box A. Just box A. Now, box B is going to be things like appraisal fees and credit reports and flood certs and VOEs. But I promise you, those are charges that any lender is going to have to incur to properly facilitate and close a mortgage transaction for you. Okay. And lenders don't make money on your appraisal or your credit report. It's not like... The appraiser charges us $400, so then we charge you $600. Right, yeah, yeah. Your, or the credit report, $73, uh, but we charged you $100. Mm. No. Those are charges. They're pass along. They're pass along charges that because you're getting a mortgage, you are going to incur those. Mm -hmm. So someone could call those lender fees. I wouldn't argue against it or for it. Right. So box A, though, that is what me as a lender, I know to be 100% true and accurate. I can't be one penny off. Okay. And if I am, you don't pay it, I eat it. Mm. Okay, but then when I start looking at, at the rest of this loan estimate, and it's talking about the title company, the survey company, a place for me to estimate one year of homeowner's insurance, a place for me to estimate uh, your escrow reserve account. Escrow reserve account is when you put X amount of months, usually three, uh, three months worth of taxes and insurance set aside mm -hmm. to pay to go towards paying future real estate taxes and future homeowners insurance renewal payments. Mm -hmm. It's where you'll pay any prepaid interest. It's where you could see a miscellaneous HOA charge. Like I talked about mm -hmm. when I bought in my community or maybe you're buying in a condominium association, it's a thousand dollars or you're in a golf community and it's twelve hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's various costs. Maybe you're a realtor. I don't care if it's Keller Williams, EXP, Remax, Weikert. Caldwell Banker, most realtors charge some type, some form of a transaction fee. That's going to show up. But all of those fees, the survey, the title company, the state, the county, your homeowner's insurance, whether or not your realtor charges a transaction fee, whether or not you're buying in a community that has upfront charges, you will pay those and they will be the exact same come closing date regardless of your lender. It doesn't matter who did your loan. It could have been cross-country. It could have been Fairway. It could have been FBC. It could have been Waterstone. It could have been Chase. It could have been Wells Fargo. It could have been Rocket. And you are going to pay the same to the title company, to the state, to the county, to your homeowner's insurance. It's your homeowner's insurance agent. You picked them. Right. To your realtor, to your community. So the only thing that really matters is box A. And then where I have an issue with the loan estimate, the true real form, is that certain numbers get muddled. Yeah. They get muddled and I don't have a way of breaking them out and showing you that this is your cost, Sean, or this is not your cost. So then I have to come up with workarounds. And those workarounds for some consumers can become confusing and make the consumer feel distrustful towards their lender. They're like red flags when you start. Yes. Yeah. You know, so, so that's what I don't like. Here's what I do like. And let's just say love. Because okay. the old... GFE from back in the day didn't do this. Like when you flip to page three of any loan estimate and, and you go down towards the bottom and it talks about whether or not the loan's assumable, whether or not you need homeowner's insurance, what happens when there's a late, late payment, do you intend to service the loan? Mm -hmm. Like those are all things that before did not show up on a good faith estimate and they do now. Okay. 
And I'd always say those are backseat items. They're not that important, but it's nice to know. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's good to know. What I love, love, love is the top part of page one. Okay. I've already talked about how I really don't like the bottom mm. of page one. I don't like that when I look at estimated closing costs, it gives a number that is not accurate, at least here in Central Florida, because it, it is forcing me to show all of the charges, even though the contract is going to stipulate the seller picks up some of those charges. Mm. But what I do love is that there is no confusion on whether or not my interest rate is locked because there's a form there's a there's a space on this form that says whether or not it is locked mm. right it then tells me can can things change like my loan amount nope it can't can my interest rate change this one we're looking at says nope how about my monthly principal and interest is that ever going to change nope those are all things that protect the consumer because back in the day consumers were taking out loans that had negative amortization features right. that meant their loan amount could go up that meant that their interest rate could change Mm. that meant that their monthly principal and interest could go up Mm. right so this form this new form it does that phenomenal it lets me know it's very bold in 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 your face is there a prepayment penalty this form says no is there a balloon payment this form says no back in the day consumers were getting screwed over because unscrupulous lenders were slapping prepayment penalties on their loan and not telling them and not telling them what yeah and what are, for those that don't know a prepayment penalty is just that you get penalized for paying the loan off early ain't that a mo- ain't like that? yeah like so let's say you refinanced after a year because rates dropped mm-hmm. yeah you could refinance but it's going to cost you an extra six grand mm-hmm. to pay that loan off mm-hmm. and most loans would come with a that had prepayments had a two or three year prepayment penalty on them so this form does those things like before a GFE didn't say whether or not your rate was locked. Like now it says it's locked and it, and, and not only is it locked, but when it's good through. Mm. So that, that is, that is there. What I don't like is when it starts giving me projected payments, it just lumps in my escrow account. Like I, I like the old school GFE versus the new LE because the old school GFE would break down mortgage insurance not mortgage insurance i'm sorry homeowners insurance mm-hmm. and real estate taxes this just lumps it together mm-hmm. but it does tell me whether or not um taxes are included in my payment like there's a cool box on there so again there's certain things that regulators did right and what they did right truly protected the consumer against getting screwed over it protected the consumer from bait and switch mm-hmm. where they got wrong is they oversimplified the form and they made it clear as mud when you get to page two. Mm -hmm. So as a consumer, I'm looking for my LE once I'm under contract, once I'm locking in the loan, Mm -hmm. because this is the official document that protects me and shows me all of my protections. I don't need an LE during the pre-approval process. I don't need an LE to try to figure out which lender is going to be the best lender for me. Gotcha. Honestly, I need a conversation. I need a consultation and maybe a couple emails going back and forth where they run numbers for me and give me rough estimates of closing costs. Because again, as a lender, I only know 20% of the cost to be true and and I'm in control of because those are my my costs, my processing, my origination fees. Which by the way, customers listening, please do not get caught up in what lenders call things. I may call something a processing fee and John may call it an admin fee. I may call something an underwriting fee and John calls it a closing fee. Mm-hmm. 
All you care about is add up the number or numbers in box A. What does it equal? I don't care what John calls his one. I call mine, right? I mean, he, I may say pants. He says pantalones, right? Right. I say pants. He says trousers. Mm. I say pants. He says slacks. I says pants. He says uh, traveler jeans. There you go. That's what these are called. <laughs> <laughs> like they're all things that you tie around your waist that have holes for your, for, for your legs to go into. Right. And they protect your skin from the outer elements. Right. And they also protect creepy people from sca- from staring <laughs> at your skin. Right. Okay. Right. You should care about the dollar amount. All right. But early on in the process, if you need something, your lender can give you an itemization fee worksheet. Okay. Like that looks like an old school GFE. Okay. And when I'm teaching the mortgage industry to someone who's newer in the business, you need to know what that looks like. You need to know that the 800 section is where I put my lender fees, right? You need to know that the 900 section is where I'm going to give you prepaid items like your first full year of homeowners insurance plus whatever prepaid entries you have to pay depending on the day of the month you're, you're looking to close. Mm-hmm. I know that the thousand sections where I put my escrow reserve account, three months of taxes, three months of insurance. Mm-hmm. I know when I get to the 1100 section that those are title fees. And I'm gonna let you know because I live in Central Florida and I primarily originate in Central Florida. Hey John, you're buying a house, more than likely you and I don't get to pick the title company. So the title company is gonna charge you somewhere on the low end of $900 on the high end $1,400 to do what they have to do, that's about what's normal. I know that 1200 section is the government fees, right? That's where I put the recording fee to the county. That's where I put the Florida document stamps in the deed, the Florida uh, document stamps in the mortgage and the intangible tax. Okay. Now, if the seller's gonna pay the Florida document stamps in the deed, maybe I zero that out. Maybe I slide it over to the seller side. Uh, each of us is gonna take our own prerogative on that. When I get to the 1300 section, that's where I'm gonna put things like a survey. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put things like a potential HOA upfront charge and a potential realtor charge. And then when you, John, give me crap as your lender saying, I'm not paying anything to the HOA, I said, ma'am or sir, you're too early in the process to know that. Mm. All I know is based on my experience here in Central Florida, a lot of communities are planned unit developments and those communities could charge you anywhere between $250 to $2,000 just to move in. Mm. It's my job to make sure that you're aware of all potential costs. I don't control that, nor does your realtor. You control that based on the home that you and your spouse fall in love with. Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes for the realtor transaction fee. I'm not paying that, ma'am or sir. I'm not here to tell you whether or not you're paying your realtor transaction fee. That's between you and your realtor. What I can tell you, it's common and customary for realtors to have transaction fees. And my experience is on the low end, they're about $295. On the high end, they're about $595. I'm going to estimate... 495 because I've never had someone get mad at me when they brought less money to closing than what I originally estimated. Mm-hmm. So anything that I do for you, I'm going to be rounding up. If I think a survey could range between $275 and $325, I'm going to estimate 325. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the same thing for homeowners insurance, real estate taxes, title company charges, etc. Mm-hmm. Cuz again, John, the only thing that I know to be 100% true and accurate are those charges in the 800 section. Right. And I know that those charges in the 800 section always co- also correlate with the interest rate that I can offer you. Typically, as a consumer, John, the more you pay in lender fees, the lower you should anticipate your interest rate being. The less you pay in lender fees, the higher your interest rate you should, you should anticipate your being. Right. 
It doesn't matter to me, John, whether or not you pick a high closing cost option or a low closing cost option. What matters to me is that you're given options, you're educated on the pros and cons, and you picked what was best for you and your family. Right. Question for you. Very well said. And I've done that once or twice in my career. That was good. That was Just, good. John, once or twice. Is this where, like, deals fall apart? Because I could see, like, this is almost like buying a car and someone gets the final layout and they're like, wait a minute, what is this dealer fee? What's this fee? Well, I'm not paying all of this. So is this, like, a pain point almost? It's very rare for a deal to fall apart at closing. Oh, okay. Yeah, but where a loan officer or a mortgage professional could absolutely hinder their progress mm -hmm. is by someone getting to closing and being like WTF. Mm. Right? Like, it's our job to be the educator. Like, we are to be the advisor. We are the subject matter expert of all things. When someone calls me off the bat and they're like, hey, I need an LE, I know they don't know what they're talking about. I know that they're brand new. I need to slow my roll and educate them a little bit. Right. And I need to be able to say things like, hey, I know you're asking for an LE, but do you know why you're asking for it? Uh, I just want to know how much I'm going to be paying for stuff. Okay, yeah. So here's what I can tell you, ma'am or sir. The LE is a fantastic document that does a lot to protect the consumer once you're under contract. But if I try to send you an LE right now, it's going to be clear as mud. Because the only thing that I know to be 100% true and accurate are the items that are in box A. Mm -hmm. Right? Box A, is that's all I have control over as your lender. Now, the LE is going to want me to fill out items in box C, box E, box F, box G, and box H. And I don't know things like, does your realtor have a transaction fee? What neighborhood are you buying in? How, how expensive or how cheap is it going to be to insure your home? What are the property taxes like in the area that you're buying? What title company are you using? Who's going to pick up the Florida document stamps on the deed? Is that going to be you paying for it or is that going to be the seller paying for it? And the, I'll get, uh, uh, well, <laughs> the reason why I need to know is because the Florida document stamps on the deed equals 0.7% of your purchase price. So if you go out and buy a home for $300,000, that's $2,100. I would hate to send you an LE right now and have you thinking that you're going to have to pay $2,100 more than you do. Or worst case, I would hate to send you an LE right now, make the assumption mm. that the seller is going to be paying that $2,100. And then when you do go under contract, you realize that you don't have enough money for cash to close. Damn. Now, if you're trying to get an idea, am I the best lender for you? I'd love to have that conversation because I also want to figure out, are you the best client for me? Because mm. we do a lot of great things over here, me and my team. But we also understand that the way that we operate, not everyone needs. Mm. Like we believe in tailor making financial solutions to help people purchase real estate. These financial solutions need to be based on their financial needs, wants, and goals. I don't know what yours are because I haven't talked to you yet. Mm -hmm. I would love the opportunity to talk to you. Plus, let's talk. Let's work on getting you pre-approved because that's the first step is getting you pre-approved. Now, along the way, I'll give you an idea of what payments are. I'll give you an idea of how much you're going to pay at closing. That's going to be everything from your down payment to how much money in closing costs to how much money in prepaid expenses. You may be wondering, what are prepaid expenses? Well, prepaid expenses are basically you're going to be required to pay for your first full year of homeowner's insurance at closing, plus put some money aside for future real estate tax payments and future homeowner's insurance payments. Also, depending on what day of the month you close, we're going to need some prepaid interest for you because I have good news for you, John. When you buy a house, you actually get to live in it for a full month and then you make your payment. Mm. Unlike when you rent, where you have mm, to actually, payment, yeah. yeah, yeah, you have to pay, then you get to live. So when you buy a home, let's say it's in August, and let's say today is August 24th, your first mortgage payment, if you were closing today, would not be due until October 1st. Mm. You get to live in the home for the whole, whole entire month of September without making a payment.
when you pay on October 1st, you're paying for all of September. But what I would have to do is collect at least seven days of interest for you. I need from August 24th all the way through August 31st. Mm-hmm. Once I start having that type of conversation, I can usually get someone to take a deep breath, take a step back and realize, holy shit, there's way more to this than I thought. I was just calling and asking for an LE because I read it on biggerpockets.com, right? Or because my dad told me to, right? My boss told me to. Yeah. We're like, no. Also, here's something that I can do for you. What if I'm a really Uber advisor? I'm going to send you a total cost analysis worksheet. Mm. Well, what is that? So total, total cost analysis is something I get because I subscribe to the service called Mortgage Coach. Or you know, if you really needed something, I can send you an itemization fee worksheet. But here's the deal. When I send you this itemization fee worksheet, I still only know the items that are in the 800 section. You're going to get this worksheet, and there's going to be an 800 section all the way to 1300 section. And I'm going to estimate worst case scenario based on my experiences, but I don't know things like the title company's actual charges. I don't know whether or not you're paying the Florida document stamps in the deed. I don't know whether or not there's an uh, HOA upfront cost or whether or not your realtor has a transaction fee. Mm-hmm. These are things that I don't know. And also, I can't really lock in your interest rate until you have a property because mortgage rates lock to the property. Really? Oh. So, yeah. So, when I talk about mortgage rates, I'd rather talk to you about what rates have been doing as well as the direction that rates are going. Now, I know this because I subscribe to services like MBS Highway. And I, any opportunity I get, listen to guys like Barry Habib and Dan Rowich so that I can follow the trends in our economy to figure out what direction rates are going. But yeah, rates could be three today, but they could be three and a quarter tomorrow. By the time you go to buy and lock in, they could be 2.75 or 3.75. I don't know that. The good news is though, John, whether your rates three or three and a quarter, that should not make or break whether or not you buy a house. Because you're talking about 25 to $45 a month. And I'm gonna promise you this, your real estate taxes and your homeowner's insurance every single year they are going to fluctuate by 25 to $50 a month because homeowner's insurance goes up and taxes go up. Yep. They very rarely go down. Mm-hmm. So these are all conversations that as a loan officer, I'm having. Mm-hmm. If you're a consumer and you're listening to this and you're not getting that type of service, double check who you're getting your loan with. Right. Right. Reach out to John Coleman and say, JC, who do you know that can give me DO type, ex- type experience? I got a guy and a gal. Because, yeah, JC does have a guy and a gal. That is his job, right? If you're a loan officer, a mortgage professional tuned in, if you're a realtor tuned in, you need to know that there's more to it than just grabbing an LE. You need to be utilizing itemization fee worksheets, total cost analysis. And then when you have the LE, be able to explain the good, the bad, and the ugly. I use both, an itemization fee worksheet as well as an LE. I send my clients both. Once they're under contract, prior to them going under contract, we are communicating via email and I'm using very basic Excel graphs that I copy and paste and put into my, into my, um, um, outlook Mm. and where I'm talking about, I'm running payments for them. I'm running estimated payments, but I tell them up front until I see a contract. I really don't know any more accurately than what I know by, by typing this onto an, an, an email via outlook. Yeah. I just don't. I need a contract. I need a closing date. I need a property address. I need to know who your realtor is. I need to know whether or not you're paying a transaction fee. I need, I need to know what neighborhood it is. What title company is it? Yeah. Now, if, if I'm in a market where I get to pick the title company, then I'm going to be more accurate because mm-hmm. I probably use that title company consistently and I know their charges. I may even have a document from them that spells out 
emphatically what their charges are. But for me, that doesn't, that does, that's not how things work going up and down the I-4 corridor in Central Florida. Right. And it's something people should know. But you should, as a mortgage lender, I'm going to circle all the way back to having your two drinks at the bar talking mm -hmm. to someone. You should be so good at your job. And this was my advice to Lauren, who, who is six weeks into her mortgage career. Mm -hmm. She left a, a, a career teaching. She was a preschool teacher, taught a third grade class. Mom's a realtor. Mom convinced her, look, Teaching is a great profession, but you'd be a much better loan officer and you'd get more fulfillment out of it. Right. You can teach, yeah, right. but at a different level. Mm -hmm. Instead of three-year-olds, we're teaching 30-year-olds, right. right? Instead of teaching uh, the alphabet, we're teaching the basics of personal finance. And we're helping people become wealthier through homeownership. Mm -hmm. That's what Lauren is doing. My advice to Lauren today was know the history of a good faith estimate and why we have the loan estimate. Know what's good about a loan estimate and also what's wonky about a loan estimate. Understand when you would utilize an itemization fee worksheet and why that coincides well with the loan estimate. And know when you should typically give them to a consumer and why. Because if you can't explain the why, why it doesn't make sense for me to give you this until you're under contract, then all you're going to get is distrust. You're going to get someone who thinks you're going to bait and switch them. But the minute you can explain to them the good and the bad and why and at what point these documents are imperative, then they can buy into you as the trusted advisor. And put things in writing, utilize email. If you have to send them an itemization fee worksheet, it's way easier, and consumers should know this, it's way easier for us as mortgage professionals to spit out an itemization fee worksheet than it ever is for us to spit out a loan estimate. Right, it's, it, it, it takes some moving. Really? Yeah, it, 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 not quite an act of God, but there, there's a lot of buttons that have to be pushed I's that have to be dotted, T's that have to be crossed just to get a loan estimate out. And if you don't have a property under contract and you don't have a closing date, then nothing's locked in. Oh, so it's not just some like empty word template or like something you just go in and punch numbers in and just like, here you go. It's a little bit deeper than that. A loan estimate's a little bit deeper. Now look, as a consumer and for my CFPB friends tuning in, I promise you, if you push, I'm going to have to give you one. If you really request a loan estimate, I'll get you one. Right. But I'm going to try to educate you to make you realize that you need one of these once you're under contract and you're at a point in the process where you can make your decision. Mm -hmm. Assuming you're still making your decision on loan, loan fees and interest rates. And if you are, again, it's only the interest rate that's quoted on the top of page one and the items that are in box A. That's all that matters. If you have an itemization fee worksheet, it's only the interest rate being quoted as well as the charges in the 800 section. That's all we as lenders know. Everything else is our third-party estimate, third-party, or our estimate of third-party fees. Third-party, not us, mm -hmm. right? Not us. We're going to be close, but we don't know them to be 100% true and accurate. So back, back on Lauren and anyone else tuned in this far, sit at a bar, have a conversation, and you need to be able to say, whether you're thinking of it as box A through H, or whether you're thinking of it as 800 section through 1300 section. My brain still works 800 section through 1300 section. Mm -hmm. I right now could sit with John Coleman and say, all right, John, you're gonna buy a house for $300,000. You're putting 5% down, that means that's $15,000. So I already know for cash to close, you're gonna need 15 grand. Now, John, you buying and financing home is not just down payment. You're also gonna have things called closing costs and prepaids. We tie those things together and we just call them closing costs. Cause you as a consumer, all you care about John is how much money out of your darn pocket, right? Mm -hmm. Perfect. So here's what I know. 
my fees are $1,300. That's going to show up in the 800 section or the box A on your LE once you have, have gotten to a point where you receive one. That $1,300 is all I know to be 100% true and accurate. After that, they're going to be third party charges. For example, we're going to pull your credit and we're going to charge you for that credit report at closing. You pay what we pay. We're going to have to do a flood cert to make sure your home is or is not in a flood zone. We're going to order an appraisal. You're going to pay whatever we pay to the appraisal company is what you pay. Then there's going to be a title company. That title company is going to charge you somewhere between $900 and $1,400. You're going to pay the county somewhere around $205 to record your mortgage. You're going to have two mortgage stamps here in the state of Florida. Mm -hmm. You're going to have you have two taxes on the mortgage. Collectively, they make up 0.55% of your loan. So roughly about $1,500. You're also going to have a survey that's going to be required on your property. They're about $275. You're going to more than likely pay your realtor some, some type of transaction fee. Don't freak out. It's common. It's normal. If you don't want to pay it, take it up with your realtor. And depending on the neighborhood that you buy in, you may have to pay some kind of an upfront homeowners association charge if you're buying in a planned unit development. Your realtor fee could be 400 bucks and that fee to the HOA could be 500 bucks. On top of that, John, you're gonna have to pay for a homeowner's insurance policy upfront at closing for the, the entire year. That's probably gonna run you about $1,500. And then we're gonna collect three months of taxes and three months of insurance from you. And your taxes are gonna run you about 300 bucks a month. So three times three is $900. And we've already established that your Insurance will run you about $125 a month, so that's going to be another $475. So, John, when you start adding up the $1,500 plus the $900 plus the, the $475 in prepaid charges, plus the fee to the HOA, your realtor, the title company, the county, the state, and then my $1,300 with addition to the appraisal, the credit report, and the flood cert, on your $300,000 purchase, you're probably looking at about $8,500 plus your down payment. So, we said your down payment's $15,000. Your total closing costs on prepaid are about 8,500, right? So that's 23,500. Let's just round up to 24,000 because John, I've never had someone get mad at me when they brought less money to closing than more. So you're roughly looking at $24,000 needed on closing day, at which point we are going to have to verify. Now your payment on a $300,000 home with 5% down, when I factor in your principal and interest, your taxes and your homeowner's insurance, that is going to run you somewhere in the ballpark of $1,800. I can do that at a bar, John. And my encouragement to Lauren today and anyone tuned in this far is, can you? Can you have that conversation at a bar two drinks in? Can you write that on a napkin? Can you write down 800 section equals $1,300? Other, which is appraisal credit report, flood cert mm -hmm. equals $750. Title company equals $1,300. County equals $205. State of Florida equals $1,600. Survey equals $275. Miscellaneous HOA, question mark, $500. Realtor transaction fee, question mark, $400. Mm -hmm. First year HOI, homeowner's insurance, $1,500. Escrow, three times HOI, $475 or $375, whatever the number ended up being. Uh, Tax reserve, $900. And then hand it to somebody. Down payment, 15000 Estimated payment, $1,800. John, here's my phone number. My name is Dustin Owen. I work for Waterstone Mortgage. If you're truly looking at buying a home for $300,000, you're going to need about twenty-four dollars 
and your payment's going to be $1,800 a month. Drop the mic. Give me a call on Monday, and I can also finish your pre-approval and introduce you to one of the top realtors in our market. Now I drop the mic. <laughs> right? That's how it's done. So that's loan estimates. That's itemization fee worksheets. I've, I've encouraged people to reach out to Dave Savage and the crew over at Mortgage Coach, mm-hmm. figure out how to utilize a total cost analysis. Mm-hmm. But you need to know these documents. You need to know where they originated. It originated with a GFE, a good faith estimate. You know, if someone wants a GFE, they're OG. They are mm-hmm. old school. Mm-hmm. Let them know that GFE is now passe. We now have a loan estimate, but you actually will combo the loan estimate with an itemization fee worksheet and that neither one of those documents is overly important this early in the stage unless you're under contract, Mm. unless you're at a point where you're ready to make a decision and pull the trigger, at which point I can get you both documents and I can sit down with you and review them because it's important that you know that me as a lender, of these total costs, how many do I control, John? Just one, the box, the 800 section. The 800 section or box, box a, a or the lender fees, which amount to roughly 20%, 20% of, your of the total cost. cost. Yes. yes. So that's it. Yeah. Guys, girls, anyone tuned in, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope this brought you value. If it does, please continue to tune in. We're going to continue pushing out content. We're eventually going to get a website launched that John came into my office already. We have 100 <laughs> short training videos that have never been on this podcast that John has recorded, edited, and he's ready to start putting up onto the website once Mm. it's launched. Subscribe if you haven't. Share if if you like what we're doing. Give us a five-star review and use the comment section in YouTube or hit us up. Again, I'm on LinkedIn as Dustin Owen. Mm. He is on Google as just John Coleman. Word. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen, and we will catch you on the next episode.